0: Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. This is Marcy. I will be hosting today with me, Kim and Katie. Hey ladies, how are you? Good morning, ladies. Well, I'm excited because the ladies just helped me out with my audio quality situation, which (laughs) I guess has been, I mean, I haven't Loved it. I should say, I re-listened to our podcast occasionally. I'm like, why do I sound like I am so far away? And Kim sounds like she is just picture perfect. Katie as well. So coming to you from my closet today,
0: (laughs) which apparently is already working better.
2: I can already tell a difference.
0: Yeah. It sounds good. So anyone out there who has a podcast hit up me and Katie for all of your sound engineering needs. Well, (laughs) what what happened was
1: I had been on... have guest on quite a few podcasts these days. And I had two people from past month or so reach out to me and say that the audio quality on my end was not good. So I didn't know what was going on. It does not seem to be an issue on our episodes. I think it was like staticky, that kind of thing was happening or just like cutting in and out. So trying to fix the situation, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there. So that's, what's exciting in my
0: life. What about you guys? well yesterday was valentine's day what did you ladies do anything fun
2: mostly stuff with the kids for me i you know did the the heart-shaped pancakes and let's see what else do we do i always do like goodie bags for my kids i try to put you know a book a swimsuit because we always take a spring break trip um their favorite candy some jewelry this year i got i did some jewelry for them i actually got something for myself too that i'm wearing right now i I got three things for my girls Um, and, uh, thanks. I decided my eight-year-old really didn't need a necklace. And so I took hers and and put a bookmark in and said, so that's kind of what Valentine's day is in our family. It's just like a little, a little gift exchange and like, that's all it needs to be. What about you?
0: Yeah, that's what we do too. I love holidays, ladies. I talk about this all the time on here. I always have something up my sleeve for my family for holidays because I just think it's really fun. I grew up with a mom who loved holidays and like mm-hmm. celebrated with, you know, like I decorate for every holiday and do special food and. Um, for Valentine's Day, I do um, a little hunt for my kids. Now this year the only person I could do a hunt for was my daughter because no one else lives with me. So I sent presents, like little goodie bags and stuff to my boys. But my daughter, I still did our yearly hunt. So I get cute little, I still have some of my stuff here. I get cute little hearts and I make notes on them and she has to go on a scavenger hunt to find her present. And I make it kind of hard. And so she like goes all over the house trying to find her little presents and I get different things. And there's always some kind of fun Aww. thing for them. And you know, candy and stuff. So we did that. Um, I've done that since my kids were little, little. It's it's fun. And it was really fun when there were multiple of them because they'd have to like they'd see other people's clues and then be really cute about not telling each other. And it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. And then I did baking yesterday, guys. And I'm not a baker, it's not what I like to do, but it, I was trying to think of something special to do for the three of us. It was just my husband and my daughter and I. And I made mini chocolate lava cakes because um they oh. weren't even mini, it's just the regular size of them, but they looked small when I first made them and I was like, wow, I'm full. Uh, I, we go, we've gone on a lot of cruises and we get them every night when we go on cruises and I've never made them and we made them. And well, I don't know why don't I said, we, I made them for the family it <laughs> turned out perfect. And I was so oh. excited because I'm not a good baker. It's not a skill. Like I really cultivated him. I'm sure I could be, I haven't taken the time to cultivate that skill. And I always feel a little intimidated by it. And I told my family, I'm like, I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work, we're going out for ice cream. And they were very patient about, they kept saying, it's okay. If it doesn't work, mom, it's okay. But it worked and it was great.
1: Great, I love it. I, I am a baker, have not baked anything for a very long time, but I understand it's intimidating. Baking is a science. It really is. So Yeah whip out the food scale too. That's what yeah, I matters. did. And
0: I was showing my daughter and she thought it was so interesting. I'm like, yeah, you get like more precise measurements if you use the food scale, not the measuring cup. So mm-hmm. I did scale. see that
1: on, I saw that on your stories last night and it's like, Oh, I got to ask him about that. So very well done. I was impressed.
0: Yeah. They said they're easy. And I would agree as in it's only six ingredients, but it was a lot of steps. Mm -hmm. It was not like mix these six things together and you're good to go. It's like chop this, three separate bowls, mixing, Mm -hmm. melting, pouring together. Like it was, there was a lot of steps. So Kim on a holiday like
2: this, like not a Christmas or a Thanksgiving, is this a day that you deviate from the plan
0: of your cut or do you work a lava cake in? It always depends. And this time I just decided to work it in. Mm -hmm. Um, and mostly because often like we'll do a special dinner too. And that's harder if you're doing like a, like a really calorie heavy dinner and a calorie heavy dessert, but you guys know I've been struggling with health issues. And so I was like trying to think of like a special dinner. I could do that. Like, met my health issue criteria. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is not worth it. I'm buying them heart-shaped pizza from Papa John's. (laughs) And I just had my usual plain dinner. They had their Papa John's pizza. And then we had the dessert. So it's easier to work in. What was the chocolate cake? I think it was like 550 calories, something Mm -hmm. like that. Like it was easier for me to work that in rather than that. And like, mac and cheese or whatever it was Mm going to be. So, but I really do take it day by day. I don't have like a hard and fast rule except for like, I'm never going to like count calories and be in a deficit on Christmas. Like I wouldn't do it, Mm -hmm. but you know, for a Halloween or an Easter or a Valentine's, I just kind of take it by day by day, like say, what do I want to do? But I would never like decide in the moment I would decide ahead of time, but from one year to the next, if I happen to be in a cut, I would Mm -hmm. decide based on all the different factors.
2: I think Valentine's Day is a tricky holiday because it falls about, you know, what are we like six weeks from the new year? And I think it's like an opportunity for a lot of people to be like, to have this sort of like screw it mentality. I've worked hard for six weeks, here I am. I just got these beautiful chocolates that we have these lobster tails and the butter and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have their special night, which is great, which like none none of us are ever gonna tell you to not enjoy it, however you wanna enjoy it. But like what happens the next day, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And often that really does lead into this cycle of, oh, screw it. I've already messed up. I'm just going to keep eating this stuff or just that like kind of sense of like, oh, this feels so good to just eat all the stuff without thinking about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And people can easily slide back to the habits that did not lead them to the results they wanted. And so I do think it's really important to intentionally go into, like, if you are going to take a a maintenance day, a day, you're not going to track your dinner or whatever it is for a holiday especially if you're newer to being in a cut successfully to have a re-entry plan for the next day. Like what will you do the next day? That's going to get you to your usual plan.
1: Right. Well, and interesting because this year Valentine's day fell on a Monday. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of a weird day anyways, just, you know, maybe you were coming off the weekend and that didn't go so well. So and now, it was the day
0: after the super bowl. So for a oh, lot forgot, of people, I knew something
1: else that it coincided yeah. with. What was it? The super bowl. That's right. And that Which can really lend enough.
0: into that mentality of like, Oh, I did this Sunday and Oh, I did this Monday. Like screw it. Like I'm just going to keep eating all the things. It gets right. messy. Yeah. yeah.
1: We'll, we'll address this again a month before summer. <laughs> yeah not not a good way to go and that does lead us into this week's episode which is talking about something we call the messy middle and i know kim you have talked about this on your stories before i've written about it a couple of times where you just like the shiny object syndrome wears off so Mm -hmm. in that initial phase you decided all right i am going to start working towards this goal And you've got the fire lit under you. You're ready. You're raring to go. Motivation is high and you, you know, hit the ground running and, you know, you're keeping it up for a week, two weeks, maybe a month, who knows. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, it kind of hits you like, Oh, I've got to keep doing this for a while. And that can be this really messy place where it just doesn't seem exciting anymore. And maybe progress has started to slow down a little bit. And you're like, why Why am I even doing this? Like, why does it matter? So how do we get past or over that hump and keep pushing through? And I do wanna talk about it from the context of fat loss, Kim, because you are in that phase kind mm-hmm. of. I mean, I think you're someone who you, you have like the mind management strategies to mm. overcome it. Uh, but I do remember when you talked about it in your stories a while back, it was because you were in a fat loss phase. So yeah. I would like to know from you kind of what your mindset is, how it feels to you, but also, you know, maybe talk about it from a long game perspective, because what a lot of people don't realize, and this happens with my clients too. I'll never forget. I had a client who, uh, She was in fat loss and then we transitioned her to maintenance. And this was fairly recently. And she's got such a good sense of humor. And she was like, so now that I'm in maintenance, am I going to have to walk to the end of the earth and back every day? Because in fat loss, I was having her, you know, maintain eight, 10,000 plus steps a day. And she had never really been a walker. She was an active person, but she wasn't going on purpose purposeful walks. So she kind of assumed, or maybe was hoping that now that fat loss was done, she could just go back to, you know, not being as mindful about her movement. And I'm like, not not so much. And like, if you really want to eat, which I know that you do, then yeah, you're going to have to keep that movement up. So that's another thing to consider is just because you are done with a specific goal, let's say fat loss. If you want to maintain that, well, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to keep doing the things that you were doing to make that progress. Really, degree, yeah. the, the main thing that's going to change is how much you're eating, you yeah. know? So, you know, calories are going to come up a little bit, but from a habit perspective, like, yeah, if you want to maintain it, This is your new lifestyle.
0: Yeah, and I think that can be part of the heaviness of this middle stage. The word I've used to describe it, and I learned this from Jordan Syed. He brought this term up to me many years ago. Uh, The boring middle is what he called it, and I was like, I really like that because that's how it feels. You know, like you said, that shiny object syndrome is is gone. It has worn off. The like, yeah, let's go. This is my time. I'm doing it. Like that excitement of the new plan and getting started is gone, and. The finish line feels really far away you might have seen some initial bursts of progress or you might start feeling this boring middle even before you get to the end of month one which is really when you can start seeing the progress so you might not even have that initial like wow like i see what i see what this is doing for me yet and in this whole middle phase there are certainly milestones like wow i fit back in those jeans or oh i look different in this outfit but there are long stretches where it doesn't seem like much is happening. And it's just the dailiness, the to-do of fat loss. This is where you do the daily work. It's where the work happens and it's where most people quit, right? Mm -hmm. They're not quitting at the very beginning and they're not necessarily quitting once they've reached their goal, because I wouldn't be quitting. That would just be wrapping up. This is where people give up because they're like, "Ugh, this stinks. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's hard. Fat loss is a slow process, especially if you have a lot to lose. And so one of the things that helps is just being aware that this is the phase that you are in. You are in the boring middle. You're in the part where the work happens. And one of the strategies that really um, I impress upon my clients, my group members to try is to focus on your daily action goals as like not focusing on what is the scale saying or how do I look, but really laser focusing on what are the things I'm supposed to be doing and then giving yourself credit as you do those things because you can control those things. You can't control like, how am I gonna look in three months? What's the scale gonna say in three months? But what you can control is like, what do I do today? Or Mm -hmm. and sometimes people need even smaller, like what am I gonna do this chunk of the day? Like chunking your day and being like, what am I gonna do from now until lunchtime? so that I can actually get through this boring middle and get to my goal. So that's the first thing I would say that I think is really impactful. Well, the second thing first is recognizing you're in the boring middle. This is what it feels like. It just feels like the daily to do. And then number two is really getting a short list for my group members. It's these four things, calories, protein, steps, workouts, or rest days. That's it. Like those are the things we focus on. And mm-hmm. then like letting anything superfluous go. Like don't, if, if the goal is fat loss, Can things like tracking your fiber, getting more water, can these things all help? Yes, they can, but you don't necessarily want to be focusing on all of that. It can feel like a lot. So really laser focus on a couple of big dial movers.
1: Love that. And kind of going off of what you said, Kim is, I mean, yes, having the awareness for sure. That's always the first step, but, you know, getting laser focused on what are the actions that you need to take. But also, how do you want to feel? Because what you are in control of always is not obviously what happens to you, but how you think and how you feel. And your thoughts are going to lead to your feelings. But what I like to do for myself whenever I am in this or I'm just having a hard time, you know, in the pursuit of some goal is to. It is kind of like the act as if thing, but it's more like I am going to try to cultivate inside of me the feeling that I would experience once I had already reached that goal. Mm -hmm. So how would I be feeling? What would I be thinking? What would I be doing? So yeah, it really is the act as if principle, right? Mm -hmm. So the former version of me, the one who has already achieved this, How would she feel when that happens? And then I am going to give myself that right now because that's always available to you. It's a perspective thing. It's how you are choosing to look at it. So if your mindset is one of, oh, this is so hard, this sucks. I just want to go back to, what I was doing before, because it was so much easier, and then, you know, you're going to be in a funk, like those thoughts are going to lead to that type of a feeling. But if you can think, you know, oh, this is really enjoyable. Like I'm proud of myself. God, you know, it feels good to show up in a way that, um, yeah, that, that, that might be hard, but is rewarding. And then those are going to lead to better overall feelings.
2: I think it's a great point, Mars. And, and, I, and I feel like it's sort of almost like flirts with the idea of self-sabotage and it all comes down to just getting your mind right. Because let's face it, like adjust, I think sometimes it's important to kind of just adjust our expectation because in the beginning of a fat loss phase, you are excited, you are motivated, you are seeing progress right and left oftentimes not for everybody, but oftentimes, and then you sort of get to this area, like separate from a holiday, right? Where things just start to get stagnant, like it's called the middle and and messy and boring for a reason. And so I think if we can just retrain our brain to understand that if you have four or five workouts a week planned, for instance, it is totally normal. Let's just normalize the fact that you may crush it and hit PRs one, you may feel totally defeated on another and the other two or three might be totally met and that's normal. That is a normal week. And and so maybe you're scrolling Instagram and you're seeing all these people killing it in the gym and you just had two crappy workouts two days in a row. That's still okay. That is normal. That is part of your process. And I think that if, if, if behaviors or actions or results are feeling extreme? Then you're not doing what you need to be doing. That's not sustainable. It's not going to last very long. And let me also add this: If let's just say you're like, I cannot get under the barbell again. I'm, I'm. If you're just feeling totally defeated by the barbell or weights in the gym, I miss running. You know what? Go for a run that day. If that, even if that's not part of your program, but that's going to feel good, that's awesome. Maybe you just think, what can I do for my body today? I might not get. All my water, but maybe I'll get three quarters of my water. Maybe I'll move my body in a way that feels good. I can't track my food today because my head's not in it, but I am gonna eat three meals and hit and have protein at every single meal. Like readjust what the day needs to look like to get you through without it becoming extreme. Nothing. So at least when you're back at it, or when you go, when your head hits the pillow that night, Marcy, as you like to say, you've got something to be proud of. It doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't have to look the same as it did the first six weeks of the programming. This is called life. This is called the gray area. And it's really important to kind of navigate through it. So you know how to handle it when more days
0: like this come up, because this is life. This is how it's gonna happen. hmm Another thing I find really useful is to work on automation like let's automate as much of your, your nutrition and exercise as possible. And some examples of that would be um, having a schedule for when you work out, you know, and maybe that includes for you setting your clothes out the night before, if it's first thing in the morning Um, for food, you know, automating your meal prep, pre-logging your food. Uh, Do we need to like automate uh, you ordering your groceries or to have a set grocery day, like really getting systems in place for everything to do with your nutrition and your training, automating your steps. Like what is a pattern that actually makes you hit whatever your step goal is? If it's 8,000, 9, 10, whatever it is, What do you notice actually works the days that you actually hit that? What do you do? Okay. Let's automate that. Like let's schedule in those times to make sure you hit them. So it's not hit or miss. I really, for myself and for the the group members I work with, that's what we like to look for. Like what, what works when we find things that work, how can we do more of that? Let's automate it all.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. Not only does it make it easier. And we talk about this on the podcast all the time just dis- reduces decision fatigue so mm-hmm. one less thing that you have to think about during the day because when you are deciding over and over again not even just with this process but the other things in your life as well you know when it comes to work and family obligations then that willpower battery is going to get depleted. So in a proverbial weak moment, you know, you might, and a weak moment in a kind of like a screw up moment, you know, this doesn't feel exciting anymore, then that is maybe when you are more likely to veer off course. So if you are making fewer decisions, everything is automated, then the process itself is gonna feel easier, more manageable, but also it is going to open up space For you to do other things that you enjoy. So, one of the ways that you make the process easier is to find things in your life that fill you up. Like, this cannot be the thing that takes over. You know, you have to work it around your life, not the other way around. So, yeah, find what is going to bring you joy and do more of those things. And when a lot of the process is on autopilot, And now you do have both the physical and the mental space to give more to those other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, kind of like in line with that, I would say, where can you find enjoyment in the actual mundane things that Mm -hmm. you have to do? So for example, I go on multiple walks per day. Do I always want to go on the walk? No, I don't, but I make it I don't want to say I gamify it, although you could look at it like that too, but I know the thing that is going to help me go for the walk is to pick a podcast that I am excited to listen to. So something like that, Katie, like you were saying, all right, I really don't want to work out today. I don't want to hit it hard in the gym, but what would make me feel better? Okay. I'm going to you know, go for a run. I'm going to hop on the spin bike, that kind of thing. Um, you know, make your meals something that you look forward to. Like, I don't always want to go to the gym, but I know when I have like a delicious post-workout meal to look forward to afterwards, and this is not like a reward type thing, like, Oh, I get to eat because I worked out. It's like, no, I know that I have my delicious protein smoothie after my workout. And so that is going to be the thing that kind of like helps me take that first step. So yeah, how can you make the actual process more enjoyable by doing things in a way that, you know, don't make it feel like it's such a burden?
0: Yeah, it shouldn't all feel painful. It shouldn't all feel painful. And we all kind of diet culture has us thinking like, oh, everything, you know, it's gonna be plain lettuce and painful workouts and no fun. And so looking for ways to make it as pleasant as possible is really important. Like trying to lose weight on as many calories as possible while making good progress is important, including food you love. I've talked like ad nauseum recently about this Jello pretzel bowl I've been making. Wow. It's freaking amazing. And I look forward to it. I'm having one midday today. I'm really looking forward to it. Like already, it's not like special diet food. Like I can imagine eating this like whenever, even if I'm not in a fat loss phase, but it, wow, does it fit really well into the macros, like the protein I need and calories. It works really well. And same thing with like walking, like a lot of my walks are just me and my dog and it's fine. And sometimes it's freezing and my face feels like it's like going to fall off because it's so cold. That's not particularly pleasant. But some of my walks, it's like, wow, like this amazing sunset. And I try and time it for that. Or I specifically go out of my way to invite friends to come and walk with me a couple times a month so that we can like in person be together and and enjoying the walk. So really looking for ways like how can I make what I need to do, the eating I need to do, the working out I need to do, the walking I need to do, how can I make this enjoyable? I think it's really a key factor.
1: Yeah. So my first business coach, her name is Jill Coleman, Jill Fit, if anyone follows her. She's amazing. And she has a lot of different types of content that she puts out. So business, lifestyle, fitness, nutrition, all of the things. And something that she says that really resonated, and it's kind of like what we're already saying, it, and I, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's like uh, your ultimate compliance tool is... Enjoying the process or like doing what you like. Right. Oh so that has been really helpful for me lately when it comes to my business, not like my business, but creating content. Right. So A lot of us will say, oh, we're working so hard. We're putting out this content. Engagement has gone down. People aren't liking my stuff. People aren't seeing my stuff. You know, you can complain about that all day long. And yeah, it can be frustrating, especially when, you know, you really are taking the time, putting in the effort and you feel like it's not landing or it's not getting you anywhere. And what I always come back to is even if only five people saw this, I still genuinely enjoy creating content. Mm -hmm. So for me, that is my compliance tool. So I'm going to keep doing it. Not necessarily because like, oh, I want to get more business. I mean, yeah, that'd be great, but also because I enjoy the process of it. Mm
2: -hmm. And how many of us have continued with something like group fitness simply because we love the group of people we go see, Mm -hmm. even if we know that's sort of a detriment to our goals, we love. The feeling of being surrounded by these people, and that gets us to override the knowledge that this isn't even really benefiting me in the way I want it to. And so, I mean, to to, to sort of carry off what you said, Marcy, too, in terms of making things enjoyable, find your find your tribe. I, I shouldn't use the word tribe. Find your group, um, or even from time to time. I mean, still, there's probably always people you're going to want to keep in your orbit, and that's great. But if you are like the the strongest fittest, most focused person um, in the room on whatever your goals are, you've got to find a new room from time to time, level yourself up Mm -hmm. and start to surround yourself by people
0: whose normal looks like your goals and watch what happens that way too. Heck yeah to that, Katie. I love that. I think that is so important with any goal in life. Like you should not always be the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. It's intimidating, but wow. It's one of the times I've like, not one, it's the times that I make the most progress is when I make sure that like I have no business being in this room. These people are so dang smart. They know so much more than me. Like, why am I even here? And that's when I level up. It's it's so important.
2: It's that discomfort, but that's where the growth happens. And we always talk about that. So if you're not feeling challenged in your middle right now, or you're feeling bored by it, it's okay to change the plan a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kim, you mentioned earlier what like your your four things are for mm-hmm. the women in your program. And yeah. each one of those can look a lot of different ways. Like if yes. you don't like the way this program of strength training looks, you can maybe you want to focus on getting your first pull-up or you want to focus on, you know, getting 10 push-ups. Like you can reset
0: what the programming looks within the framework of the goals. Yeah, Katie, that's another piece of advice I give all the time, not necessarily when you're towards the really beginning and it's starting to feel really hard because you're still trying to focus on so many other things. But if you've been at this for a while, one of the best things you can do to spice it up is give yourself a performance goal. Like Katie just mentioned, first pull-up, first push-ups, You know, squatting your body weight, bench pressing your body weight, deadlifting one, one and a half, two, two and a half times your body weight. These kinds of things can really motivate you. Because to do that, you're going to need to fuel yourself well, and you're going to need to get in the gym and they can help you see progress. Even when like the progress is really slow, as far as the scale and physique, you can still be motivated by like, Hey, like I'm getting closer to that, you know, that two times body weight deadlift. Like I'm getting closer. I'm excited to go to the gym and train that it can really sustain a person.
1: Mm Totally. Good stuff. Anything else, ladies? I think I've covered it on my end.
2: I think believing you can succeed and and Mm. forgiving yourself if you if you misstep um is part of the process too and and let's make sure we we don't forget to mention that like we're all human not every single one of us we don't always win the day right and so when that happens you've got to forgive yourself you've got to believe that you are still worthy of success go back to that identity go back to your why what got you started go don't forget to go really deep because hopefully you picked a why that is going to pick you up in situations like this and the the last thing that i do sometimes if i really feel like i get in my head and i want to get out of my head is to just practice gratitude just stop drop everything and think of three things i'm thankful for and that alone sometimes just gets me out of a really negative headspace and and I, and i just level up just just enough to kind of see things clearly again and sometimes that's all i need
1: mm.
0: Well said, Katie. I think you nailed it there.
1: And and also, last thing, it's hard until it's not, and easy or easier, I should say, is earned. So Mm -hmm. it's not always going to feel this challenging in or forever. So, Mm -hmm. not to say that you're always going to love every aspect of it. There are going to be those moments where you have to dig deep and find that intrinsic motivation to keep you going. But yeah, I know that for me, like it is so much easier now that I've been doing it for a really long time, but in the beginning, you feel like a fish out of water and you got to keep going because that's the only way to make it ultimately last.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Well said Mars. Love it. All right, guys. All right. We will catch you next week. Thank you as always for tuning in. Have a great one. Thanks everyone.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.